0: We've had an incredible week this week There is something really special about lifting our eyes, looking at the size of the world, all the people of the world and praying into that All of a sudden we get a, a, a glimpse of how great God is and how far-reaching is His love So I'm really, I hope you're really excited tonight because uh, we will hear from Paul and Ali, uh, Elijah and Jacob in a moment as well Um, But I truly believe the greatest purpose we will find in life is sharing the message of Jesus and being used by God in that. that We're created for this and we come alive when we, we, we do this, whether we're in Cambodia or here in Australia. Before I ask Paul, Ali, um, Jacob, and Elijah up, we've got a little video that'll give you a snapshot of their life in Cambodia. So we're gonna turn to the screens now and check out this video. It's about a six minute video. It'll give us a really good picture of their life in Cambodia. Let's do that. Okay, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna welcome. Phil G. Phil Jew. Jacob, Elijah, Paul, and Ali are coming up. Give them a big hand. Awesome, so good to have these guys. They've been around Bridgman for a long time. Uh, some of you would know them very well and the Jack and Elijah too are probably a big part of this community. It um, will grab these mics. So awesome to have you here tonight sharing. And uh, so, Paul, just a little bit of the back story. Um, many of you will be familiar with the story of you guys living in Cambodia and why you're there and what you're doing. But could you give us a little bit of a, a backstory for those that might have never met you guys as a family?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll just introduce us. I didn't do yeah. this at the four o'clock service. My name's Paul. This is Ali, of course. Jacob's on the far end. This is Elijah. We actually have a third son. Um, his name is Ethan. Um, he's actually on year seven camp, would you believe, up in the... Witsundays. Toughing it, the with Sundays, hey? unbelievable. So he got a better offer. Can. So yeah, <laughs> he's gone up there, um, but he'd love to be here uh, tonight with you too. We've, yeah, I just. I wanted to thank you, obviously, just um, the support of Bridgie is amazing, and um, you're a wonderful community to us, praying for us, loving us, and um, when we're coming back, um, like the Downs, it's just, I know that uh, we're just buoyed um, to be here, and so this is a filling for us, and so, yeah, thank you, it's a great privilege. Um, The little bit of backstory, I've only got 30 seconds, so the backstory for us was Ali and I first went to Cambodia in 2001, um, and just... uh, for a short trip there. Um, It took then about 12 years for us to then have another opportunity to go back as a family in 2013 when I went there to teach um, at a school called Hope International School. And that's where the boys went. Um, Ali worked in a small NGO. Um, and then, as many of you would know, um, in 2014, just 18 months of us being there um, and starting to hit our straps there in Cambodia, um, the Lord brought us back. Mm. Um, Ali got uh, quite sick with advanced cancer. Um, and while we were here, um, we had this deep desire to return to... Um, to Cambodia and, and we said to the Lord, if Ali is healed, mm. um, we want to live a life abandoned to your call mm. and um, no matter where that was and we opened it up for him and he at um, at that time uh, spoke to me quite clearly um, that we were given that permission to go back to Cambodia and so four years ago we had that chance to go back to Cambodia and, um, and live amongst the people there. Um, yeah, well, so we're just back to let you know.
0: Awesome to see the way God has led, and even how that little chapter in your life led you to that abandonment and surrender to say, well, God, um, take us and use us in whatever way, and he led you back there to Cambodia. And I know, um, Ali, at that time, there was a little phrase that was really meaningful for you about loving the poor and what were their names. I wonder if you could just share a little bit about what that phrase meant to you, but then also tell us a story. Um, tonight we want to hear some stories of the people they've met, but also the principles of, of doing mission and that what that's looked like in your life. So I wonder if you could share a little bit about that phrase and then a story of one of those people you've met and, um, on mission over there. Yeah. Hello. Just flick it up, Yeah.
2: Hi everyone, thanks for having us. Yeah, so um, when we were living in Cambodia the first time, um, we went with that heart to really love um, and serve the poor. That's something that Paul and I have had a real um, sort of calling on our lives from um, since you know really we were we were young married and and we we went to Cambodia initially with that heart and intention and intention to love and serve the poor. Um, as time went on and and as you know we came back. Um, there was this book that was given to us um, and there was this line in this book that really, really impacted us. And it it was, you say you love the poor, so tell me, what are their names? And I suppose that line really stopped us dead in our tracks and it really helped us to take account of, of our lives up to that point. Um, and when we were pretty honest with ourselves and looked at how we were living our lives, we were saying we, you know, we had this heart for you know, injustice in the world and poverty and the people who you know, live without the majority world who are suffering. Yet, and, and we, we had this deep desire to love people in the name of Jesus, but what were their names? We probably could have counted on our hands, even you know, after 18 months in Cambodia, um, some names. And so that question really has shaped our calling back to Cambodia. Um, we we just knew that to to love the poor, we had to live amongst the poor. And um, there's a beautiful scripture um, in John 1:14 that says, you know, in the Message version says, "And the Word became flesh." and blood, flesh, and, and 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 he moved into the neighbourhood. Mm. And I just love that idea. We love that idea of moving into the neighbourhood. Because you know, and I know that when we live alongside people, that they're the people that we are sort of really end up in relationship with. And so that, that scripture from John 1 and that question really sort of shaped our calling. We now live in an urban poor neighbourhood in the middle of Phnom Penh. It's noisy, it's crazy, it's very polluted, it's very high density, there's heaps of kids, um, lots of our neighbours are factory workers, street food sellers, that sort of thing. Um, You know, we had a good, um, I loved listening to Ashley last night talking about being invited to go and sing karaoke and that was what um, God used to, you know, sort of connect her with um, other students in the student accommodation where she's living intentionally the call of God on her life uh, because I can tell you, we have a lot of karaoke in our (laughs) neighbourhood and Paul... Paul is, you know, out there, you know, crooning out the tunes with the neighbours and that sort of thing. But, you know, God uses everything. God uses karaoke as a way for us to connect with our neighbours. And we just we just dwell amongst. That's Ooh. all we do. There's nothing more simple than, than that calling, than just loving people and just living next door to them and living alongside them. And, you know, we're nothing special. We're just a pretty ordinary family. We've got all the flaws and all the imperfections and we scream and yell at each other still and all of that's still going on but even though but in our ordinariness we do have something different and that's the words of life yeah. the words of truth. You know, we know Jesus, we, He's, He is near to us and we have the Holy Spirit. And so we have this opportunity now to be living amongst these neighbours in the, in this, in the urban poor neighbourhood of, of Phnom Penh with all, you know, all of its brokenness around us. And we are still the same in lots of ways. There's nothing that special, we're still our family, but we offer to them the love of Jesus, the hope of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit is at work Mm. in that place.
0: That's good. And there's someone there that you met, um, uh, just uh, I think a mechanic that was really meaningful for you and the family. Uh, What did that interaction look like as you lived among and shared with him?
2: So we spent a lot of time on motorbikes. Um, it's probably one of the highlights of living in Cambodia. When you live in Cambodia and you ride a motorbike, you need to know a good mechanic. <laughs> so we we have a, a friendship with a, a young guy. And Paul actually met him um, back in 2013 when we first moved to Cambodia when Paul was teaching at the school. And his his grease monkey mechanic shop was directly across the road and it was recommended to us. And Paul used to go there all the time and take his moto there. And and I just remember there was this one night that Paul showed up at home. It was a Friday night. It was actually Ethan's birthday, and he was late, and I was a bit like, where the heck is he? You know, and he comes to the door, and I was about to sort of have a go at him, to be honest. And 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 <laughs> then and, and then I <laughs> can see my husband is standing at the door and he is just weeping. He was weeping. And I said, what, What's going on? You know, I thought maybe something happened, you know, accident, that happens all the time. Um, and he said, I am so frustrated. I am just going out of my head with frustration. I'm like, what is going on? And he said, I've just been to see the mechanic. And he said, I love that guy. I love that guy. But I can't talk to him. I can't talk to him. And the reality is that when we first moved to Cambodia in 2013 to work in an English speaking mission or community at the, the school, we didn't have the language. We didn't know the language. We didn't really know much about the culture either. And, and Paul was just going out of his head because he wanted, he said, I just want to Invite him to go and eat rice. I want to talk to him about his daughter, you know, talk to him about his family, but I can't because I don't know the language. And and part of this um, story of and his name is actually Tabro. And um, we've come to know him now as we've returned to Cambodia. we one of the first people we probably went to go and see when we hopped off the plane was Tubra. and we, we, we've, we're, we're in relationship with him now. Paul's still taking the motos, and all the boys ride motos and have motos now. So there's a lot of motos that need to be serviced and to be fixed up. And but we just use that everyday opportunity of getting our motos fixed to just go and hang out with him. Paul drops a moto off, you know, they hang out together and they talk about life. They talk about Jesus. Um, he's had some significant health problems. We've had this incredible opportunity to, to sort of introduce him to a partner um, medical mission where the gospel is shared every time he goes to visit it. And there's just been this beautiful thing that's come about because we've stepped back into Cambodia with that intention and that and that heart just to, to, to love people in our everyday. And But with that that intention to share the love of Christ Mm. with them. But we needed that language. We needed the language to get to the deep, you know, to get to the the real questions, to to learn about his family, to learn about the stuff going on in his heart. And that's important. It's important to to know how to speak to people in a way that they will understand, to understand where they're coming from, to understand their culture. Um, And so that's another thing that we've been learning Mm. just through living alongside.
0: That's awesome. I love it in that story, a couple of things really. One, the intentionality of it. like Going to a mechanic, we all do that or or connecting with people, but it's the intention to build those relationships. And I'm also just challenged by the the sense there that you might have a heart to love, a sense of frustration there, Paul. What we take for granted, here you are doing, you just love this guy. You just want to pour your heart into him, but you can't because of language. Whereas we here, we have language, we have culture, we can so easily take that for granted. But um, to see you guys just learn language for years, just to be able to reach and communicate with people. Elijah, I just want to say how much I'm excited to have you share with us tonight um, for you and Jacob. We w- yeah, welcome Elijah as he shares. Um, the other amazing part about mission or living with Jesus is it doesn't it's not dependent on age is it you know if you love Jesus the Holy Spirit's in you God will use you that doesn't matter it doesn't matter who we are and Elijah I, I know um your family's been called to Cambodia and that's meant God has used you and um he's given you some amazing friendships and opportunities just to be with the young people of Cambodia and in your your little village there can you share a bit of what that's looked like in your life
3: Well, um, when we moved to Cambodia, I really found that I didn't know what my ministry was and like how I could like love others in the community. And over time, I've realized that it's just really being present in the community Mm. and just like with all the neighborhood kids and just like showing them love and just because they're so neglected and lonely or even just bored. Mm. And just me being there sometimes to just, play you know with them or them to just hang out and talk and just go for a walk or something like that has really just like just been an amazing part of my ministry in there and it's I feel like God put me there to almost give them value back Mm. because children in Cambodian culture are treated like they're the lowest of the low almost. And you use the word for, you'd call the word you call a dog, or like the, when you're referring to a dog, you can use that word to refer to a child. And so calling them your friend is not like something you would do. And so instead of calling them it or something like that, I say, this is my friend and just show them that I care for them so much more than maybe their parents or someone else would. And just showing that the love of God just is reaching out to them and I'd like to share a story about this little boy called Dola. And he's just a little boy, he's such a sweet little boy. Mm. And he's just such a like polite, like really friendly little kid. And he's about seven years old and he's the second youngest in his family. He lives just down the road. And one day we were kind of just hanging out with little kids and like just in front of our house. And um, we hear like some fighting or hear some noise down the street. And we look down the street and we see Dola. And his father has chucked him out into the street. Mm. And he, his father proceeds to come out with a piece of cane and starts whipping wow. him. And so um, we just kind of were like, what's going on? And my mom just like kind of ran out and was like, what's going on? Like I hear someone fighting or something. Mm. And she screams out to Dola's father, like stop it, you mm. gotta stop. And that in that culture, it's not it's not the best thing to do almost to, like interfere with someone else's matters and someone else's family. But even though it wasn't culturally appropriate, like um, what my mom was doing, we understand that like, it's just not okay in, maybe it's okay in, that, in this culture, but it's not okay in God's culture yes. to hurt someone else. Mm. And so I feel like we're almost being driven, um, I'm being driven to place value in those, mm children and other people who just don't have value. Mm. And in Cambodian culture, you, when you greet someone, you put your hands together and you can place your hands different levels for different people. And so if I was saying it to my parents, when you greet them, I'd say and I'd place them high up near my head because they are my parents. They I put that, a lot of value in them. Mm. And so if you usually do it to a child, you'd usually put it low. But for me, I found that I wanted to, I just called to almost just raise my hands mm. a little bit higher for every person, not like almost more than they deserve mm. in their culture. Because I feel everyone is equal. Mm. And so I'm gonna give that little bit more respect and a little bit more love and a little bit more intention to them to show them that they are valued like way beyond mm. what they think they are. Yeah. Because just the Lord sees everyone in the same eyes. Amen. And so yeah.
0: Just Isn't that like incredible? Them. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just did there, Elijah's depict God's heart, no? Like he's just listening to and they're putting extra value and grace upon someone. That is God's heart. And can you see how simply that can happen um, in a life if someone is intentional, say you are loved by God. It doesn't matter how you're treated, it doesn't matter how others speak you, but I am going to show you who you are in God's eyes. What an incredible ministry you have. Bro. I just want to say that. I want to commend you when you go back and continue, to continue to love people like that in the simplicity. And God smiles. I, I tell you, God uses us to show love, and that's what God is, is using you there. It's I felt incredible. like
3: God called us to say, like, even though sometimes little kids can be annoying or persistent or have already hung out with you today. Or can I just have a break? (laughs) God just said, just love them. Like they need somebody to love them. So there's no one else. So you need to love them even though you're tired or you've done this thing today already and just to be present in that neighborhood yet.
0: Incredible. And I think there's a good point you make there too is loving is not always easy. It is not always comfortable. It might cost, it often costs, to be honest. And what you've nailed there is that, the sense that God calls us to love. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes not what we feel like doing, but he's always calling us to love those that he's planted us um, beside. Thank you, Elijah. And um, Paul, um, Jesus, he calls us, but he's also, the way that he lives is he's the greatest servant. I know part of your heart is just to serve God people, and have you seen that play out in your life and, and with different people there?
1: Yeah, so um, I'll just share a little bit of a story. We, uh, when we first, we went to Cambodia four years ago, and uh, one of the things that we asked you to pray for and um, was the community that we'd live amongst, yeah. and so uh, we live amongst a community we call the Tigers. Um, it's a sort of very small area within Cambodia, it's um, uh, what we call an urban poor area, and um, And so when we moved into this area, you're a bit of a celebrity, you know, white people, a couple of young fellas, good-looking boys, um, and uh, everyone's to have a look, you know, so they're at our doors. And, um, but the novelty wears off after a little while, and um, our heart was to serve that community. Just as it says in Matthew 20:28, uh, 20, 28, um, he came to earth um, not to be served, but to serve. And, and so we had a heart to serve, but we, were, uh, we know what our ministry was with alongside as our day-to-day, but we're looking for another ministry so we could actually connect with our community um, in our neighbourhood. And, um, and so about, after about six or seven months of living in Cambodia, in that community, um, we connected in with a church. It was just 500 metres down the road uh, called Shalom Church. And um, as we were sitting there, very new in our language, um, only having learned language for about six months, uh, they showed a little presentation Um, And the power of images and pictures is just amazing. Uh, We knew immediately what they were doing and what they were asking for. And they had um, a small sports ministry um, and they're looking for volunteers. Now, um, anyone knows me, knows that I love to be active, but I'm not that great at particular sports. And so, um, but I was willing to have a go. And I feel like um, we're called to say, you know, the Lord says, like Ali said, you know, we haven't gone through some special missionary, you know, anointed training mm. in any sense to know how to navigate these things. Um, but God says, What's, what's on your heart? Mm. Um, who do I make you to be? Mm. And, um, and I love being active. I love young people. And so this opportunity to be involved in their sports ministry, to come alongside the leaders, those three Khmer guys that are leading that ministry um, and uh, just encourage them, um, gave us an opportunity to connect in with our community. And uh, when we were watching that presentation, we saw some of the faces and Alice says, oh, isn't that the kid that lives, you know? Da, da, da. Oh, yep. and, uh, and we um, thought, wow, this is God's, Uh, We were praying, we were praying, where do you want us to, how do you want us to to build our relationships, Lord? And so this was just a beautiful opportunity to get to know more of the the names and the faces and the kids and actually their families within our community. And, And one of the great stories that came out of that I think for many people who work in different ministries with uh, young people or with other people, um, there's sometimes uh, one or two people that capture your heart. Ooh. And for me, um, within that sports ministry is a young boy called Yah um, He's actually around Elijah's age. Um, I think he might be a year older. Um, and uh, Yah just had that, that, you know, that twinkle in his eye, that, that potential that you can see um, to be... Um, a leader within his community. Um, We sometimes talk about a person of peace, uh, someone that can uh, just come alongside and and move in many ways. And, and for that is, is uh, certainly one of those young men that we've sort of connected in with. He comes to our home, um, and through the sports ministry and through that time, uh, we saw him uh, becoming part of our family, around the dinner table, having intentional conversations, um, learning uh, to read the Khmer Bible together, which is a massive challenge. Yeah. Um, and um, But uh, in times of just being uh, in that community, like when... When COVID broke out last year, it was quite a, quite a difficult time. Um, but we felt the Lord was asking us to remain in in that community, to stay in that community. And one of the beautiful opportunities that came out of that is that even though for the first year, so from March last year to March this year, COVID really Cambodia was really protected. We don't know why, but we felt that the Lord had His hand upon Cambodia and. Um, and so there wasn't massive community outbreak or the things that were concerned, that we were f- certainly fearful of for the community at the, at the start. Um, but 12 months into it, March this year, um, uh, they had a situation where some people got out of quarantine and and um, the the uh, the Delta strain of or the Alpha strain, I'm not sure which, um, went right throughout the community. And uh, we went into a situation where... Um, the government zoned different parts of the community, red, green, uh, yellow. Um, and as a result of doing that, to try and shut down that spread, um, it meant that people were quite isolated. Mm. Um, and um, and then it became very intense time within each of those communities. And um, one afternoon, Ya, as he would tend to do, would pop over and uh and uh, have a chat. And, and um, Alison, one of the things in Cambodian culture is you always ask people, have they eaten? And so you'd say this phrase, it would just roll off like, "G'day, day, how's it going? Yeah. You just say, no, have you eaten today? And um, Yah said, no, I haven't eaten today, which is unusual. You know, usually they say, you know, mid afternoon, um, I've eaten. Um, and Ali said, oh, well, come in she brought him in, sat him at the table. Not an unusual thing. But then she started having a conversation. Oh, why haven't you eaten? Um, what is the situation? And, and he said, well, we just don't have any rice. Mm. And um, to be Kamai is to, be, have, to eat rice. They eat it breakfast, lunch, mm. and dinner. And so he just said, I just don't have any rice at home. And Ali sort of said, um, well, one of the things that we sort of said as a family, by moving into the neighbourhood, we wanted to be coming alongside them as neighbours, not as people to change what was going in there by giving out handouts or feeding people. That was not part of our agenda. And so we've had this um, sort of unwritten policy within our family that we wouldn't give handouts. And so um, Alison wanted to dig a bit deeper, you know, what's, what's the situation uh, you are within your family? And he said, um, well, usually in this situation, we'd go to a relative, But because of the zoning within the city, travel across the city was impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, There was bollards and and tape and all sorts of stuff restricting that sort of movement. Um, So I can't go to my family and get some food. Um, But even so, usually we'll just ask a next door neighbour. And she said, well, what's the situation with the neighbour? And they said, well, they don't have rice either. Mm. And so through this conversation and through us being there within that community and And having that relationship with Yah, we were able to um, yeah work with him, empower him, and just see him step up to say, okay, Yah, well, we may have an opportunity here for you to identify and support and love. And so, um, in this time of crisis, um, the Lord sort of spoke to us about how we'd respond as a family um, in this circumstance, and uh, we felt that we'd partner with Yah, a young man. Um, who hasn't got a father in this situation, um, who is just trying to navigate that growing up. And um, and so we were able to work with him um, and serve the community in a way that just empowered the community to care for each other. And so we just were, yeah, really privileged to have that relationship with him um, at that time. It's good.
0: And- reminds me too like in our daily lives a prayer we can pray is how can I serve people and God will often give ways just for us to serve to humbly serve people and open up relationships in that way make it a real difference. Jacob great to hear from you tonight as well. Um, Part of discipleship really is being with people and giving of our lives uh, to others. And I know God's used you probably in a number of young people's lives, but one boy particular, just um, in showing him uh, who Jesus is as well as you lived out your life with him.
4: Yeah, so I guess with my parents working alongside us, um, the, the model that they use is really a discipleship or mentorship model. And that's based off Jesus, the the best role model, I would say. Um, <laughs> and the way that Jesus lived his life. So um, Jesus was, I guess, very, he was surrounded by a lot of people. So everyone wanted a, a little piece of Jesus. Everyone wanted to see him, hear him, and just, I guess, spend some time with him. But even with all the crowds following him around, Jesus selected a select few, who, so a few of his followers who he had meals with, who he traveled with, who he spent a lot of time with and who he was able to go deep with in his relationship with those people, and who he kind of, I guess, passed on what he wanted to bring to the world, and the, the knowledge and the wisdom that he had. So, um, yeah, that one-to-one kind of relationship, and that going, like, you're spending a lot of time around with um, those particular people is really something that Longside has found really powerful, and through that model, I guess, able to reach... Quite like multiple people and use um, the, young, the youth in the community to yeah, really just find someone and find a younger person in the community and disciple them and raise them up to get to know God and mm. yeah, be a really important. Um, and for someone, someone in my community who I, I don't even remember when I met him, but he was just always around. His name was Mao. Um, he was a little boy. His name is Mal. Currently, as well, <laughs> um, he lives about two streets over from us. Um, he's about about ten years old. He lives in a, a very small kind of shack with his the rest of his family. They sleep on mattresses on the floor. When it rains, um, it floods, so his house gets flooded. Um, and yeah, his parents, his dad. Works collecting fish, so he goes fishing in the morning. His mum sells the fish, but his dad also sells roosters for cockfighting. So they're quite on the lower lower spectrum of income. Um, yeah, and his name Mao means black. So in Cambodian culture, to have darker skin in a lot of Asian cultures, actually, to have darker skin, um, you're looked down upon because it means you've been working in the fields. You're not on a higher social status as a lot of other people. So even from, I guess, the get-go, his parents saw him as worth kind of less mm. than his other siblings. He's the youngest in the family, so that's another thing. So it's, I guess, life is being kind of tough for him, tough for him from the get-go. But as Elijah was saying, being able to, see someone and treat them with fierce like dignity and respect is something that is so powerful and through my relationship with him just spending time I guess it, it's not that not that hard playing you know um, there was one time when my parents went um, to, uh, to Shalom Valley the alongside campsite for a weekend um, I was just at home alone didn't have really much to do got the little kids they came always come in Knock on the door, say, "Oh, can we play bong? Can we, can we play a game?" And yeah, I played six hours of you know within one day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, awesome. that was pretty full on. <laughs> but it was heaps of fun.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so yeah, just being able to be available to for God yeah. to use you in the relate like in the community and find I guess certain people who you want to just invest in and spend time with we go on runs together well I would run he'd ride my bike and we'd we'd chat (laughs) and yeah just being able to form a deep connection and through that I mean I was spending time with him talking to him he was but he was also teaching me a lot of things so all my kamai was pretty much learned off this one kid (laughs) just being able to yeah just ask him oh what's this mean oh what's that and yeah, when I guess when my mum parents came up back after that weekend when I played a lot of Uno, they were like, well, "How do you know all these like Kamai slang phrases? Like, what's up with that?" I'm like, oh, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's I guess really powerful. And God putting us in that community with those specific people, mm, mm. Um, He was really able to use us. Yeah. So. I guess God puts us in all different um, places for all different reasons. And we all have our own, I guess, way that we can serve and love each other. Um, yeah, but using having that awareness that God will use you mm. wherever you are yeah. and that you are in this certain time, this certain season for a reason is something we need to be aware of and making the most of every opportunity, even when you're tired, Elijah,
5: <laughs> even <laughs> after
4: a long day, just being able to, Yeah. Say God, you've put me here. You've got you've got it all in control, mm. and yeah, resting in that assurance is something that I found pretty incredible in my time in Cambodia.
0: Is that awesome? Uh... And
2: sorry, little postscript there. Jacob, as you know, left Cambodia last year, September last year, much to the heartache of our Family, and it's been a hard season for us to have not him not have him there with us. But um, Mao and him are still chatting. Mm. Uh, that you know, every you know, almost second day that Mao comes into our house in Cambodia, he's you know, he's got this clunky old smartphone. I don't even know where he gets it. I think it's his mum's or something. Oh no! But who's on the phone? It's Jacob. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and they're like, you know, you know, message messenger. I think mainly through, you know, and there's all these calls that happen, and it just, you know, that's really awesome and amazingly powerful mm. too. Just to see how that connection's continuing across, you know, the the huge distance. You know, the reality of COVID and how it hit our family um, meant that Jacob couldn't be in Cambodia anymore which has been a huge sacrifice for us um and um and he won't the plan is that he won't be coming back with us either when we go back in January so that's a, a huge thing for us but I just love the fact that you know whether I'm with Jacob or with or we're with now they tend to still be on the phone <laughs> together mm-hmm. and there's just that love is there and there's that outpouring of love um between them and God is so in the midst of that
0: mm. It's awesome, isn't it? I love the pictures there. I'm picturing you, Jacob, running and Mao riding a bike alongside you. I'm picturing six hours of uni, you know, sorry, um, the simplicity of mission, I'm going to say mission, but just sharing the love of Jesus might be a better thing, but it's the orientation of the life. Do you see that? Like an orientation that, okay, we're playing you know, but... I could be doing other things, but I want to be with this person. I want to love this person. I want to pour my life into this person. That's that's what, that's what it is. It's just wherever you're planted, whatever you're doing, orientating our life. Say, God, what do you want to do? How can I be available for you? What is it that you want to say? What can I do in this situation to love others—an uh, orientation of our life outside of ourselves. Um, Paul, Nelly, I just wonder, just to to finish—is there anything you just want to share about what God has taught you in the last little while about um, what what He's called you to there in Cambodia and the mission that you're on?
1: Yeah, I just um, just want to encourage people, uh, like like we said, one of our. Our things when we were here last, you know, before we got uh, the opportunity, we just said, "Lord, could you just pick up our family with its very ordinary, disfun- you know, not dysfunction, but just, just you know, the fighting and whatever it is, and and just plop us in a in another community over there in Cambodia, and uh, and He's done that, um, and I just remember one thing many many years ago, um, Ali and I just sitting down and and praying, Lord. Um, Break our hearts for what breaks yours, Lord Jesus. And, um, and when you pray those sorts of prayers, you ask him, um, this is on my heart, Lord. You've placed that on my heart. Let's turn that into reality. Bring that to fruition. Uh, he does that. And, um, and there's, the only thing it requires is a little bit of obedience, um, that stepping out and, uh, and taking that initial step. And then he starts the momentum to make those things happen. And we've seen that within our own situations. Yeah,
2: that's you want to add? yeah I just want to reaffirm that 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 prayer you know the foundation of prayer just before we went back to Cambodia we actually did read Bruce and Annette Rattray's book um, that's out there on the table and absolute takeaway was how soaked in prayer mm. their time on the on the, in the jungles of Kalimantan were and the the fruit that came from that it was you know Bruce was an absolute prayer warrior I never got to meet him you know but Annette is um, a living legend in my books. And, and, but the one thing that we know is prayer makes all the difference. You know, we have those days where we wake up and maybe the karaoke has been really loud, <laughs> you know, like that night before, maybe there was a wedding in our street. That's a whole other level, can I just say. <laughs> and, um, or, you know, you're waking up, maybe there's just, you know, there's the music, you know, from the neighbours or the monks chanting or that sort of stuff. And the, the you know, the neighbor, honestly, the neighbours, burning the plastic rubbish it does my head in Mm. and there's so many things that I just think oh seriously God but you know just starting each day with Lord just today let me let me be used by you, you know, help us to love others in your name today, God. God, give me opportunities today. God, help us to love each other, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So just prayer, soaking your day in prayer and you're, you know, just asking God for those opportunities to just love people in His name. And the other final thing is that spiritual battle. We've heard a lot about it this weekend and from Mel and Tim and Mel last night spoke so, so, Clearly, um, about that spiritual battle and just lifting our awareness to that. And Tim shared stories this morning about, you know, the witch doctor, and and, and that's something that we do see on a daily basis. You know, for us, it's very, very real the spiritual battle. Kids come and sit around our our, our table, our dinner table, and draw pictures. Um, And they might look like stick figures to you and me, and you might think it's a family. But when I ask them, oh, so what are you drawing? They say, "Oh, that's the Kamauic." Now, the Kamauic is the word for ghost, for spirit. Like the, they're, and they're not good in Kamaic culture. The spirits are to get you basically that's why they have to do the offerings and burn the incense and throw the sweets on the, the lollies on the street and, and those sorts of things and the spiritual realm the battle that we're in in that spiritual realm is so real and it's very evident to us that every house has a spirit house sitting outside of it I mean you know we have to get them removed when we move in somewhere you know to a, to live as at as our home or like the office for alongside us and, and the temple are there and the monks are coming around the streets the spiritual battle is so real and we have to be fighting and and that in a very real way you know you with through the the power of prayer and the holy spirit but in australia it's not as obvious okay it's not as evident but it's still as real okay so that's that spiritual battle be aware of that You know, the calling for us was to dwell in the neighbourhood. The Word, He became flesh and blood and He moved into the neighbourhood. I want to ask you, where's your neighbourhood? What is your neighbourhood? Where is God asking you to dwell, to move into and to carry His Holy Spirit, His words of truth, His words of life and to start fighting that spiritual battle? That's, That's your calling, We all are called to do that. We are all called to love people in Jesus' name and to fight that spiritual battle within our neighbourhoods. And I just wanna encourage each and every one of you to just take time out to pray about that, to think about that. Where is God asking me to step out of my comfort zone? It's not easy. There's always gonna be a sacrifice. It's part of the gig, honestly, it's part of the gig. But I wanna encourage you as well. We, we didn't know what we were getting into. Let's be honest. We didn't have a clue, but we wouldn't change it for anything. This Ooh. has been the wildest adventure. But it's so amazing to to step into your calling, to what God has perfectly shaped each and every one of you to do. It's so incredible to step into to move into the neighbourhood and just to love people in the name of Jesus. It's such a privilege. It's an absolute privilege because there's already... It's, God's already there. He's already at work, but we get to participate. And through prayer and through loving people, we get to fight in those heavenly realms alongside you know, the, the powers and the principalities. So you know, think about it, pray about it. Ask God, where, how have you formed me? What's the calling of my life? And step into that neighbourhood.
0: Amen, amen. Well, can we thank uh, Paul, Ali, Jake and Elijah for sharing with us tonight. Just as we wrap up this weekend, I really feel God uh, calling all of us to mission, as Ali has said. Um, We've got tables out there of what God's doing around the world, but truly, this is not something for those who have gone overseas. I do wanna make it clear that there may be people here even tonight who say, God, are you calling me overseas? Are you calling me to take a step of faith as Paul and Ali did and just take my normal life from here in Australia to a place where Jesus is not known? Maybe, and I wanna encourage you, if that is you, if you're sensing any of that here tonight, come and get prayer for that. And similar to to what Ellie said, you might not know what it looks like. Don't worry what it looks like, just take the next step. And the next step tonight might be just getting out of your seat, coming down here and saying, I just sense God speaking to me tonight. That maybe He is calling me to go overseas or to be a missionary or to take God's Word into a community and place myself there. If that's you, I just wanna encourage you, take the step. You You don't need to know the full picture. Just trust God with that one step. But the other reality is, you know, as I think about those tables out there with the missionaries that we support, we should have a church full of those tables, to be honest. We should have one for Jack the plumber, one for Sam the dentist, the teacher, the person's going into the university, the 13 year old that's going into the school because the reality is when we choose to follow Jesus, we take up this mantle to take the good news of Jesus to those around us, to love them, to serve them. And as Ellen Paul said, none of us are special. No one's gonna put up their hand here and say, oh, I'm special. But I tell you, God is amazing. And all He asks of us is say, are you available? That's the question tonight, are you available? I've planted you, I've got you where I want you, in that neighbourhood, are you available? Will you open up your heart to orientate your life as uh, Jacob and Elijah so clearly shared? Just orientate my life, well, I'm gonna love this one. I'm gonna play Uno for six hours because I wanna love this kid. I wanna greet them like this because they are valuable in God's eyes. I wanna be, I wanna orientate my life like that. And so too, I wanna wanna just ask you, if, if you just feel called into your neighbourhood, whatever neighbourhood that means for you to come and pray, just say, God, I'm available. Use me, show me, show me how to serve. I'm a missionary. Just take up a new calling in your life to say, I'm not just a student, I'm a missionary into that university or into that neighbourhood. And as we do that, I just was reminded of this little passage in Scriptures and it's, it's after Jesus has died and He's risen again. And this is the good news, isn't it? That, that we've got to share that there's a God who has come from heaven to earth to die for the forgiveness of sins and new life. And Jesus is, is showing Himself to His disciples. And there's this moment where He begins, Again, I love just visualising what this is like. This is the risen Saviour. They've seen Him crucified. And now they're seeing Him alive stand before them. It says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus had first showed Himself to them. And so the other disciples told Him, We have seen the Lord. But He said to them, unless, unless I see the nail marks in His hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into His side, I will not believe. And a week later, His disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. The, through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and He stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then He said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Oh, sorry, I've got the wrong passage there. Let me come back. I've just misread that. It says in verse 21, he says, peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. It's this moment Jesus appears before the disciples and they are in absolute fear. That's that's why I feel this passage is for us. Sometimes we can be trapped in fear about the idea of living our lives for Jesus. And Jesus would come into the room tonight and He would say, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. You are commissioned by Jesus Christ who has died and risen again. He's saying, as I was sent, I now send you. And so we're gonna worship in a moment, but there's a commissioning to happen tonight. And I wanna encourage you, if you are in that place and you're feeling called to your neighbourhood, come. Because Jesus wants to say, as I have been sent, I now send you. So we're gonna worship in a moment, just invite the band to come. And as we worship now, just we're gonna have the pastors here. Paul, Ali, Jacob and Elijah will be here to pray with you as well. And if, if you're sensing, you're just wanting to say, God, here I am, send me, help me. You're not special. You'll never be really <laughs> special, but God's special. And He'll use you in that place. He knows where He's got you and He wants to use you for His glory in that place. Just let me read one text before before we wrap up here. This is from someone just on Saturday sent this through. and said, This morning I felt really unmotivated about going to work so I prayed that God would use me and bring glory to Himself today. Anyway, three out of my three of my patients randomly asked me directly about God and Jesus without any prompting from me. And so because they asked, I got to speak life into them. One even asked me for a Bible. So I got to give him a Gideon's Bible and placed a bookmark at the Gospel of Mark. How incredible is that? Someone who didn't even wanna go to work, but just prayed that prayer, God, use me for your glory today. This is what God wants to do. And I tell you, They were excited. When God used you, there's nothing more invigorating than seeing God using you in these ways. So let's stand together and worship, but please don't miss this opportunity to be prayed for tonight. Let's sing together.
6: this is very important don't miss this opportunity to be prayed for we'd love to commission uh, commission you and pray for you regardless of what it might be maybe you're just serving in uh, kids ministry and youth ministry and young adults ministry whatever ministry it might be we want to commission you but there's opportunity in your university in the neighbourhood in which you live but it's really important we'd really love to pray for you so as we sing, continue to sing you just feel free to come down and uh, we'd love to pray for you let's keep singing let's keep seeking God Thank you that you do wanna use us. It's just one of the most extraordinary things about the Gospel is that you don't just leave us here to take up space, but uh, you wanna use our lives to be a healing agent in the world around us, sending us out. Uh, it's extraordinary thought being used by you, the Creator of the universe. And so tonight I just pray that in this room that you'd find many people with uh, palms open upwards, surrendered surrender to you saying, God, use me. Use me, I'm available, Lord to be used by You and it may not necessarily be overseas, but it's in the place in which You've already placed us. It's at the university, it's in our workplace, it's in the very streets and the house that we live in. The people in the street, Lord, that you, You long to see come to know You and there we are just happen to be living in the very house that we live in. We thank You, Father God, for the opportunity to be used by You. And so tonight afresh, we just surrender our hearts to You. As we go about our separate ways, as we leave here tonight and go about our week, we just pray that after this week, there'd be many stories, powerful stories, of the way that You've worked in us and through us. We really do ask. So we thank You for the privilege and honour. And that's what it is. It's a privilege and honour to serve You, great God. You gave up everything for us. We were bought with a price. The least we can do, the least we can do is give our lives back to You. We owe You everything. We owe You everything. And so we surrender to You afresh this very night. Use us, we pray in Jesus' mighty and precious Name. Amen, amen. Hey, very good to have you here tonight. There's still an opportunity to be prayed for, so I don't miss that opportunity. But you know what, uh, just go about what, your week this week, whatever you're doing, may God use you. I'm just gonna say one very quick story, one very quick story. A missionary person that I know of quite well, she said, she said you know, it's a funny thing. She said, because young people today, they always want to know what's God's will for my life? And they just go about their life waiting and waiting and waiting. I just need a really clear picture. Then I'll jump out. And she said, when I was in my early 20s, I just said to God, God, if you're big enough to open doors, you're big enough to close doors. So I'm going to the jungle of Indonesia. And if you're big enough, you can stop me. And so she left. And I don't mind that. I like it. Hey, just go about your day, go about your week and say, God, I'm going to go about this. You're big enough to stop me if it's not your will. So I pray this week, whatever you're doing. Just go in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit and may God use you mightily, mightily this week. May there be some amazing stories at the end of this week, at the end of this year, at the end of your life as God uses you. All right, you've heard enough from me. God bless you. Uh, Have an awesome week and we'll see you very soon. God bless.